Hello, everyone. Welcome. Jen Arden Podcast. I was listening to some of our old pos- podcasts, pos- poshcasts, our poshcast, casts, podcasts. That is actually hard to say. Go ahead, Caitlin. Try it. Podcasts. Podcast. <laughs> okay, there you go. But I was, I, I, I was like, I'm always going, welcome, 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 everyone. Hey, I guess that's just what we're doing at the beginning. Um, we have a new day, a new dawn. There's lots going on in the world, but you know what? We're not going to talk about any of it. We're just going to stick our head in the sands today <laughs> because we're getting inundated with all kinds of stuff going on globally. And if my mother was here, she'd say, well, back in the day, we just never heard about it because we didn't have satellites and things like that. And it took us weeks and weeks to get any news. Yeah. So, you know, by that time, the problems were almost over. So I'm going to take a page out of my mother's books <laughs> and just hope that's the case. Have you ever seen a girlfriend or a boyfriend, a friend of yours, be in a relationship with somebody new and all of a sudden your friend disappears and they morph into the new guy's life or the new woman's life. And the person that you knew is suddenly going to basketball games. They're suddenly going to football games. They're having parties that, that they never ever had parties in their lives or had more than three people in their house. And all of a sudden now they've got 20, I mean, just things that are completely out of character. And I'm going to throw this over to you, Caitlin, because mm -hmm. there's a little news item about Adele, mm -hmm. you know, showing up with her new boyfriend Yeah, at sports so events. Her boyfriend, Rich Paul, that's his name, and also his bank account, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so he is an NBA agent. He's a very prominent NBA agent. I think he's LeBron's agent. So, Oh, gosh. Yeah, so this, he's legitimately a very significant figure in the sports world. And so as a result, she has been now this kind of courtside fixture. And because she's Adele, lots of press attention. And I have to say, no one brings it courtside fashion-wise like Adele. She looks like a million bucks. Her outfits are incredible. I mean, maybe Rihanna and her should sit next to each other and we can have like a look-off. But anyways. Like, like what is she wearing? So there was an all brown leather ensemble that she had the other night that had like a, a, a really beautiful Louis Vuitton, because spoiler alert, she's very rich, <laughs> scarf wrapped <laughs> around her. And then most recently, I think she was in an animal print, like a leopard print looking uh, coat. And she just looks very glamorous when she attends, you know, she knows she's going to be photographed and she always looks amazing. And so she is now this courtside fixture and we were talking about it this week on the morning show and it was like, you know, I don't think I saw her. I'm not to say that I don't think she was interested in sports necessarily, but we have not seen her courtside prior to this romance. But that's what I mean. When people, people that you've known for years and years, they're suddenly in a new relationship and they really do like morph into people's lives, friendships that they've had for a long time. And I've experienced this firsthand. Um, I had an ex, I have had an ex that wasn't interested in, in, and I'm going to bring up the sports thing again, because there was like no sports at all anywhere on the horizon of this person's life in the 10 years that we were together. And now I, I see the odd Instagram mm -hmm. and it's just nothing but football, 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 football. And going to like football parades and going to tailgate parties. Oh. And it, it's just so bizarre to me to see it. You just morph into 
you're so, I don't know if it's desperation just to fit into this person's life in every possible way that you can. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure either. I know that I've always had a certain baseline level in common with everyone that I've dated. So it was, we had enough there that we typically would like the same bands. And when I still would go out, now I'm tired and old, but I would go to concerts (laughs) together. I would go to concerts with, that was a big thing for me, actually. Music was a determining factor. I did once break up with a guy amongst many reasons because we were always in the car together and he only listened to sports And one time, unbeknownst to me, I didn't even know he was doing this. He called into a sports show while we were in the car together. Like he just started dialing and then gets through the sports show and became like very animated on the sports issue. And I was like, this isn't for me because I'm, we're never going to go to concerts together and I'm never Mm going to care about the same thing. So, but I have, but I've, I've been guilty of adopting some of my partner's things over time partially because and I don't mean guilty like bad but partially some things I would never have been into before and then I genuinely discover a new I was just gonna say I was just gonna say on the other side of that coin sorry to interrupt no no go um, ahead on, on the other side of that coin sometimes you're in relationships with people for a long time that you don't have any common ground and you find yourself really stagnant and really in this place of we're doing the same things every night. We're having dinner, then we're not talking. We're on our phones, and then we're just watching something. We're streaming some series, and and life sort of takes hold. And when those relationships end for whatever reason, and you're you're in another person's uh, sphere, you're suddenly exactly what you just said, Caitlin. You have these opportunities to try different things. Um, I know that I'm. I'm not from a big family. I mean, I have a huge extended Mormon relative family, but I don't know a lot of them very well. But there's there's literally thousands of them <laughs> out there. But my little world with my family, two brothers, my mom and dad, um, my parents are gone now. We didn't. They didn't really have big parties at the house. They didn't have extensive friends. My parents weren't like that. They were very much on the property doing stuff, maybe the country life, I don't know. But I just, I know that when I was in this relationship, there was a huge family with kids running around and I really liked it. I wasn't used to it, but um, so yeah, just to kind of play the the other side of that story, I think sometimes a new person introduces all kinds of things to you mm-hmm. that are like, I didn't know I liked cliff jumping. Yeah. I didn't know I, so I think that's cool too. I don't, don't want to be hard on Adele certainly. No, it's like it's more like it makes you think about the fact that a there's there's discovering new and exciting things as part of getting to know a new person, mm-hmm. and then there's also definitely people who you know kind of lose a bit of their identity, and that that's the that's the non functional portion. Well, when you get dropped, yeah, when when suddenly you're like, hey, do you, do you want to go to a coffee? Are you still up for the movie? And that's red flaggy to me when you have had friends for decades and all of a sudden they're in these situations where you you just don't fit into that story for them anymore. And I find that sad. And it, it has happened to me certainly over the years with grown ass women. I know. And you don't recognize them anymore. And they've, they've recategorized everything in their own life to suit this person. And the ones that I, the, the ones that I know haven't been the nice, positive, fun ones are, I realize it when they break up. 
that when the relationship ends and all of a sudden they're sitting there going, who am I? And what happened to me? What happened to my life? And I have had those relationships too, mostly when I was younger, where I just think I got so caught up in being in a relationship with someone that I forgot a little bit about my own life. And you lose a part of yourself with that, that I, I think it's just aging and experience that I wouldn't do again. And that I really loved when I met my now husband, mm-hmm. that he, he and I fit into each other's lives and supported the things that we liked so wholeheartedly about each other. He, he really, really was invested in my group of friends. I loved getting to know his group of friends. I loved spending time with his family. He's from the Maritimes. I have a family Maritime connection. There were just so many things where it was bizarre to the point where <laughs> there's a, uh, um, an, Icelandic band named Sigur Ross. Love them who, so much. Yeah. They're very, they're very unusual. Okay. So we'll start with they're as unusual as it comes. And I wanted to go see them live. I wasn't a huge fan, but they're a cool band. Mm-hmm. And I thought I really would like to see them. And they were playing Massey Hall in Toronto. So oh, what a perfect amazing, venue. just the best. The same night, Pearl Jam was playing at the ACC. All my usual concert friends had decided they were going to go see Pearl Jam. I have seen Pearl Jam like 10 million times. I've seen Eddie Vedder alone. I I had just done the Pearl Jam thing enough. I've told you 200,000 times not to exaggerate. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So I decided uh, I'm not going to go see Pearl Jam. Nobody would go with me. So I went to Sigur Ross at Massey Hall alone by myself. Do you know who was there alone for the exact same reason as I was? Your husband? Kyle, my husband. Oh, okay. Well, that is a sign from the universe. <laughs> this is this when, is giving me all the feels right now. We were both sitting there alone at a Sigur Ross concert because we decided each of us separately not to go see Pearl Jam and all of our concert friends were there. <laughs> it was too funny. I think the universe is such a spectacular thing. I, I feel like we stumble through our lives really not paying attention to, and I don't want to sound really space agey, but we don't pay attention to those really lovely indicators. And I, I'll, I'll use that as a perfect example of seeing Kyle across the room at Massey Hall at Sucuros. And I wonder how many things that we miss being really busy in our jobs, worrying about the wrong things, trying to, you know, always worrying about what we, what our bodies look like. And I don't know, what, how, what do we miss along the way by just not being just not caring enough about ourselves to think that we are special and you are special because there's only one of you. Yeah. And if you're single, I will say I didn't get together with Kyle until years later. So after the concert, well, well after the concert, we can, so how many years I must've been five years later. So when did you guys talk about this moment? Um, early on in the relationship, we were talking about concerts and it somehow okay. came up and then and I, I cited, Oh, we talked about have doing things alone. Have you seen a movie alone? Have you gone to things alone? And I said, lol, I actually did this weird thing alone. And he just looked at me like I was from another planet. And he said, I was at the exact same show alone for the exact same reason. I just couldn't believe it. So you never know. Also, if you're single, who is also out there, who is sitting you know, an aisle away at the proverbial concert of, you know, say Ross concert of your life and just when they're going to be waiting around the corner. Well, I've always, a friend of mine said to me years ago, and I've been single six years this year and I, I it feels like three months. I swear to you, it feels like three months. I know we have to go into the next segment, but a friend of mine said, uh, she gave me a card once and, and the card said, I am out here looking for you too. Anyway, you're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. I'm with Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. As usual, we'll be right back. 
We're back. I'm Jan Arden. This is our show, our podcast. Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh are here. I'm in Rocky View County, Alberta. Looking out, it's warmed up today, you guys. It's super balmy here. I might, I might throw on a bathing suit later. It's, it's only minus seventeen. <gasps> beach weather, and it's supposed <laughs> to snow a lot today. It is almost beach weather. Like if you <laughs> minus ten here, you will see people sitting under heaters in downtown Calgary having a beer. And mm. I wish I was lying or kidding or exaggerating, but I'm really not. Okay, a little bit. But if it is like minus five between minus five and minus 10, they will definitely have people sitting on the picnic tables yeah. out in front because of a COVID mm-hmm. people still feel better about sitting outside. Um, yeah. I um, like it. I like sitting outside. I, I had, we, I posted something on my Instagram the other week when I was in Prince Edward County with some friends and we were at a rental property that was right on the lake. It was an absolutely beautiful view and they had a picnic table right down by the water and we went outside all bundled up and had a little Canadian cocktail hour, we were calling it, where we were just frigidly- <laughs> Canadian in- cocktail. Enjoying some Negronis by the frozen lake. And it was great. I like it. I like Canadians' hardiness. Well, it's just like I was. We were talking about last week about Palm Springs being, oh, like sixty-two degrees Fahrenheit, and they're in their puffy coats. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about my Botox because I feel that it's something really worth discussing. I really love my Botox. Mm-hmm. I get it every ten months. Some people need it every six months because their face starts moving again, and they start seeing that little brow thing. If you're younger, your liver processes it faster. So you will need it more frequently, less, less frequently. Thank you, Caitlin. Cause I was wondering why my age itself had just really like my, my brow doesn't move for years at a time now. (laughs) You might need more when you do go, but you won't need to go as, as often. Right. See, so it gets more affordable. Uh, but sorry, you young girls, you're going to have to do it every three or four months. I bet you any money. Courtney Cox recently talked about looking in the mirror one day because everyone in the world was talking about, oh, Courtney looks so weird these days and her cheeks look weird and her eyes look so different. And, you know, she was reading that stuff. I was reading an article a couple of days ago just about her, you know, real looking at herself, but we're so used to looking at ourselves day after day after day that we don't notice these incremental changes, but people that haven't seen us for like two months are like, what the F is happening? Mm-hmm. So Courtney just said, yeah, I know I look weird. I was doing a lot of injectables. I was doing a lot of stuff and she has since quit doing it and said, it's not something I would do now. But she kind of caught herself in this moment of, I don't need to do this. Yeah. And I love that. People, people come after me a little bit like, why do you need to do Botox? Well, I just do it a little bit on my forehead and I just like my forehead being a bit smoother. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's, and I have um, veneers. People have asked me about my teeth. Like, what else would great. you do? Like, I, I got, I've had these for over 20 years, like 23 years. Mm-hmm. And my dentist that I'd had forever was looking, you know, doing me teeth cleaning. And he said, you know, you've got really great structure in your teeth. He said, they're, you know, a little bit square and the color's not great. You know, uh, they're coming a long way with uh, white teeth whitening. This is 23 years ago. Yeah. But he said, you, you'd be a perfect candidate for veneers. And, you know, you just file the teeth down a little bit, which made my skin crawl. And, and we put these little kind of jackets on your teeth. So I have veneers as well. So I don't, I mean, I feel for Courtney, but if, you know, if you're looking at your face going, wow, I look weird. And then I was thinking about friends of mine that are doing little things. Mm-hmm. And you brought up this question, Caitlin of like, how long do you wait to 
tell people they're starting to go a little bit off the rails. Like, I know it's a tough one. If you see, if you see, cause you know, first of all, not everything's reversible. So you don't want to say something to somebody (laughs) after they can't do anything about it. It's just mean. But then, you know, what happens if you have a friend who you think looks amazing, but maybe is crossing over because there is an addictive quality to any of these types of procedures. Why? Because you start to, you like how it looks. So it gives you that little hit of like, Ooh, I look better. And then you want it. And then you need them more often. And then when you, when you experience positive change in your appearance, sometimes you want to, you want to continue. How else can this work? Also, a lot of these places, if they're not great places, if it's not a, a careful doctor, they'll push stuff on you. Right. And we've seen so many examples of botched work and overdone work. I can't watch even a minute of it because it disturbs me, but I've had some stuff done over the course of my already like young life and I really liked it, but I don't think people would know I've had a ton done. I'll offer it up when, you know, I've had girlfriends say, oh, I really don't like my under eye bags. And I'll be like, bet you didn't know that I had some fillers done under my eyes to try to reduce the look of my hereditary under eye bags. It wasn't something that was going to change with sleep or anything. It's just And it's not going under the knife. So I think the fillers, Mm -hmm. the injectables have become this thing. But I mean, people are going to injectable parties where it's really not sanctioned by any medical person or Mm -hmm. facility. And it's people that are just suddenly deciding that they're going to be pros at putting this stuff on your cheeks and your lips. And, and you're right, things can go bad. We, I think we talked about, um, Linda Evangelista, like a, probably a couple months ago. I think we touched on that a little bit that she was so, I guess just so depressed and really, really filled with anxiety because she'd had injectables. Oh, it's actually cool sculpting. Oh, she had cool. That's right. The cool sculpting and it left kind of weird divots. And they said, sometimes it happens and it's part of the waiver you sign. Her claim was that she had had um, some cool sculpting done on her body to try to remove fat and that it had resulted. What would that have to do with her face? Well, she said it resulted, and again, this is her claim, and I'm not I'm not a doctor at all, so I don't know, but her claim was that it resulted in systemic inflammation and swelling and ultimately disfiguring her in a very oh. puffy-looking way. I am skeptical, personally, of <laughs> body work. Come on, again, Linda. Personally, I don't know of... I don't... I know of a lot of risks. I know of a lot of women who've had terrible experience with breast implants that then have to later be removed that have gotten like just that have been recalled. I mean, can you imagine thinking I have a surgical implant that's been recalled like a set of tires? So, and you pay to have them fixed. So there are a few things in a few categories that I feel personally, I am not comfortable with for health reasons. Then there are the very safe statistical areas of Botox, which is one of the most widely used things in the world. I'm not saying that nothing is going to go wrong with statistics. I I never had a problem. I I never had a problem with it. And I, and the doctor that I saw in Nashville, because my friend actually gave it to me for my birthday, which is fine. (laughs) I'm like, what are you saying to me? But I was only 42 or 43. And he's like, it's always good to do it before you need it. That's what this doctor said, but he put very, very little. He says, we're just going to do a little touch. He says, I want you to see, you know, how you feel it. He said, some people actually get a little bit claustrophobic because they go to lift the eyebrows like they normally do and they can't. So it's good to have a doctor that uses caution and that um, is really mindful. 
It's great to not do it. And if you just don't want to get bangs, who cares? It's great to do it. If, if it works for you, I, I don't want to be judgmental on anyone. I do think there are associated risks with a lot of the body procedures and they are offered up as quick fixes to things that ultimately diet and exercise would really help you with. Mm. And, um, and implantations of any kind, if they're not absolutely necessary, can be really hard on your body. So it is a fine line though. I mean, you can't very well tell one of your friends, well, I think you went too big on your lips. Like, I think your lip injections look like a bit crazy now. You can't say anything about it. It feels mean. I, uh, I had a friend that actually said to me, and this was maybe two weeks ago, please, she had, she's had a few little things done. And I actually did notice. I'm like, oh, there's something a little different here. But she actually said to me, she said, you, you might have noticed I had blah, blah, blah done. I had some injectables. I, had, I got my upper lip kind of touched up a bit. And she said, you tell me if I start looking weird. She goes, I mean it. So she opened the door for me to make That's that what call. You need. That's what you need. You need like what And I said, oh, I will. Yes, exactly. I will only, I personally, if somebody told me, hey, I'm going to get these things done. If it starts to look a bit off, can you let me know? Then I will. And I would still always be compassionate. And I would tell certain friends, my nicest ones to do the same. But yeah, I've had stuff done and I plan to continue doing it in the future. And it's preventative and it's my choice. I also had brows, my brows, um, uh, that, those little, microblading. Yeah, I had microblading done. <gasps> Oh my God, I've been looking into this for years. And Melissa Grello would make no qualms about this because I see her posts with lovely Heather, who's in Toronto, in Yorkville, I guess. Browse by Heather, it's called. And I went to her, and I'll tell you right now, it was about $600. The $600 includes getting uh, a brow kind of a stencil done. I know I have to wrap. I'm going to come back and I want to explain I want to talk about it because I'm curious. Okay, Okay. (laughs) I'm going to, Jan Arden Podcast, come back. We're going to talk about how to get great brows for $600. Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast. I was going to say something else, but I changed my mind. Um, Brows. I'm starting to sound like I've had a lot of stuff done. Veneers on my teeth, get Botox. Um, And the microblading, Melissa Grello, as I mentioned, she's got the most beautiful brows, this girl. And I'm actually, Melissa's very, to look Melissa's, right Melissa's very open about stuff that she gets done. So she's probably the poster child for youthfulness and <laughs> looking wonderful. But anyway, browse by Heather in Toronto. I went, what the $600 at that time, this was six years ago that I got them. And I had really thin brows at the ends of my eye. So I was just like my mom. I had pretty good like thickness over the top of my eye. And then as I moved to my outside of my brow bone, I just didn't have much. So I was constantly lining it. I would get the eyeliner out. And I have to say, sometimes I wasn't great at it. Some days I really nailed the shape. And then other days I'd go out the door and I'd be like, I hate that I'm doing this. And that, you know, if I have an eight hour day and I'm taking shirts off and putting jackets on or that I'm wiping a freaking half my brow off half the time. And, and so I just thought I'm going to go try it. So I made an appointment Heather, because it's it's semi-permanent, like anything else, your body will push out, especially in your brow area, it fades. Like you can literally see it gone in five or six years. So it's not like you're stuck with this forever, ever. But she will do it and she wants you to live with it for a day. She wants mm-hmm. you to go home and look at what she's drawn on. Like, is this what you're... And a lot of times people come back and touch it up. They're like, this is too high here. This is too long. This is too thick. 
And then you get some numbing uh, cream that goes on for about 30 minutes. You sit there and read a magazine and then a tiny little knife. It's a, it's an exacto knife, folks. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> made for brows. It gets dipped into dye. So you decide on the darkness of that dye. That's another conversation you'll have with your brow specialist. And you need to go to someone who really is a specialist, okay? You need to go and do your research. The Brows by Heather, you know, the reason she came recommended, that was my first indication. And I said to her, how many have you done of these? She goes, thousands. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, so, and then you you get it and you you kind of feel it get crusty and it heals because you're getting little incisions. It's like tattooing. Yeah. Not, not with a, a needle, tattoo. just with a knife. So I, it was one of the best things I ever did because for me to fly out the door, putting on a little lip gloss, because once my brows were on, I didn't really need much. And it did make a difference in my life. It, it was less stressful. It took me half the time to freaking get ready in the morning because half of it was spent penciling in my eyebrows and I do yeah. have some hair, but not not a lot. So there I, you go. I overplucked, and so as a as a child, as like a middle schooler, and then into high school, that was the look back then. That was and the I, look. It was pencil thin, and I didn't have thick brows to begin with, and so I didn't have brows to spare, and so I I I fill my brows in every day. It's so tedious and annoying. And so you know, right? I know, and I've wanted to do this. Now, unfortunately, the place that I had researched is in L.A., and you do need to go for two visits. Yep. So I don't want to go. Browse by Heather. I'm Just, telling you, Caitlin. Okay. And and the thing is, I like, and I, I have a certain thing, like I have a certain way I want them done now because I've seen it. So we'll, we'll have to, I'll, I'll just see. And I'm non-committal on it because I don't, I'll just, I'll be so annoyed with myself if I don't like how it looks. But I mean, I'll just well, say, I know people who've had them done. And, and I know I think, a lot of people now that have had them done. And of course it, it's, it's, if it's you big, work big in, brows now, but you don't if, have to do that. You do something middle of the road. And Heather always said, yeah. if you want to do a big brows for a look, then you can pencil it in for a special occasion. But for your day-to-day -day look, this is the basic model. This is your yeah. basic model that you go with. Like right now, what you're looking at, because we're doing this on Riverside, so the guys mm -hmm. can see me right now. It's just so easy. And I have very, I, I put some mask. I, I put mascara on for you guys. I want you to know that. <laughs> I did not. Um, but, but anyway, I, Courtney, Courtney said, Caitlin, she goes, I, I don't know why, you know, Hollywood aside, but I was chasing youth. Mm -hmm, and of course, she goes, I'm not anymore. You know, she just got older and realized what a blessing it was to have health as wealth and that your face is is much better off if you kind of just let it do its thing. Like, I, I don't think I would do a lot. I, I, in a perfect world, you know, be great to have my neck back. I'd get shorter and, Oh yeah, you know, okay, that's more lines one. I'm every like, year, what do I do I, for that? Like, I've had a neckline since I was a child. <laughs> it's not going to go, like, I know it's not going to go anywhere unless I do something about it and I don't love it. So there is always that thing where, again, There's you don't injections wanna, you can do there too. I don't bubble, know what they are. They bubble. You don't want that. Um, well, I, I've heard of that, but you put them no. in and then it blows your neck up mm -mm. and then it's, it, so no. what is that? No, it's just, it's just filler. It's just hyaluronic filler and you can get little, it looks like little bumps. You gotta be oh, really no, careful. Oh this, no, this, this isn't that. Uh, the thing I was looking at, not, I'm not, and I'm never going to do it was it, you, you get these injections and it puffs your neck way out. Like you literally can't go anywhere for two weeks. Oh, no, then it you. re, then it recedes <laughs> and, and it. And it pulls your skin in. I mean, there's no end to what you can I'll do. I'll get the Clooney. I'll get the Clooney. Just, just so, what's that? 
like all the celebrities, all the male celebrities, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, aren't you like, aren't you older now? And you have an incredible jawline. They all get it tightened right up. So, you know, men do it too oh. now. It's this pressure of how men but, look. But under the knife. Under the knife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at a certain at, look at at a certain point, there's only so much that non-surgical procedures can do. And I know men who have had face and eye lifts; they look fantastic. They look great. But do you? But, they, but do you have to get anesthetized? Yes, absolutely, for sure. It's it's major surgery. I mean, it's only anesthetized. If you, it's only if you want to spend the money and you want to do it. I no, love- and anesthetic anesthetized is killed, right? Oh my god, what am I talking about here? Anesthetic. I don't anesthetized is. Right. Adam, help know. me out here. What what am I telling our listeners? No, you have to get a- anesthetic. Do you go under an anesthetic? You do not get anesthetized. Yeah, so you go under general anesthetic, which is when. Why, you are why didn't I just say general? So you do have to be put to sleep to get a neck procedure, right? You can't just get freezing. You know. I mean, again, I'm no doctor, but the ones I know of uh, who, who, who've had it done, they have, they, it's been surgery and the people I've seen have looked very good, but they are older. So there's some people who are doing this when they're, you know, 40. So you they're, brought up George Clooney. So he, he suddenly has this taught. Presuma, presumably. Presumably. Sorry, George. Because I know like, George is one of our regular listeners. But. Yeah, he really loves the show, but (laughs) yeah. So like, I just see, you know, and I see, I see it happening now. And, and so I think the ultimate thing with Courtney Cox is clearly she had crossed a line. Like there's always a line where someone crosses it and you go, Oh, got into weird land. And then there are other people where you just think to yourself, man, they look great. And some people will just naturally look great. I mean, I don't know if Paul Rudd naturally looks that great, but I saw a hilarious interview with Seth Rogen recently and he and Paul Rudd co-starred in a Super Bowl commercial together. I love that. It was so good, but he said that when the he sh- when Seth said when he showed up to set, Seth um, noticed that Paul Rudd, who is significantly older than him actually, and played an older person in movies that they were in together, he was like, "Wait a minute, are am I am I older than you now? Like, how have <laughs> I aged past you? What is going on?" And Paul Rudd's always this consummate example of looking youthful despite your age in Hollywood, but who knows what he has or hasn't had done. Well, I know there's no end to what they can do because I was watching TV, as you do, uh, like a week or so ago, and this guy who is a muscle, a weightlifting, like he really does work hard. It's not just mm. all sculpting. He's, But he could never get his stomach looking the way he wanted to. And it was just one of those things, didn't matter what, how much protein powder he drank. So he went in. And he got lipo, and it was so clever. I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, wow, what? Who had this aha moment of of doing lipo on his torso, leaving the fat squares that resembled the that six-pack abs? So the lipo went around these little fat squares and created these definite lines around the bit of fat that he had on his torso. And I thought that is the most clever thing. So the guy pulled his shirt up and he looks like, I mean, it looks over the top weird, but it looks like, but he's thrilled. He's thrilled with the fact that they went around. I'm like, you could get a Mickey mouse head. You could get, there's no end to the stuff that you could, (laughs) but I thought about it. If there was things, if you wanted a playboy bunny ears that you could literally have lipoed into your torso, but that's just me. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. <laughs> There's no end to the things you're going to learn today. We'll be right back. Jan Arden podcast. Here we are, Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. We somehow got talking about 
fillers, plastic surgery, making yourself feel better. And I'm all for it. I, I want to say, just for the record, whatever you want to do to make yourself feel better, you should do it. But you should also in you should also realize that you're absolutely great just the way you are. But if you want to get things done, I watched my mom as a teenager growing up. My mom in the 80s had a, 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 a boob job mm. because my mom had absolutely no boobs. She was really flat chested. She, she was self-conscious. You know, in the 80s, my mom was super young. She was born in 1936. So she was, you know, she was young and she wanted to put a bathing suit on and go on holidays with my dad. And she didn't get, I think she got literally a C cup, but 15 years later, like many women had problems. She had the silicone mm -hmm. breast implants and everyone was having trouble with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I often wonder if my mom's Alzheimer's was exacerbated by that. I mean, who knows? Like I said, we're not giving out any medical advice here, but she had them removed she never had anything put back in. Um, yeah. She just didn't. She was in her 60s when she got them taken out. And my mom also had her neck done, Caitlin. Mm -hmm. She just had her jawline done. She didn't like mm -hmm. having a bit of, but I remember her going in and having the tubes that drained for a couple of days out of her neck and all that stuff. The so. details around Botox itself, the actual drug, fascinates me because a Botulism. baby- yeah, a baby-sized aspirin amount of the powdered toxin is enough to make the global supply of Botox for an entire year. Stop, and, stop, stop. Yeah. And the the it's a $2.8 billion annual industry, and it's entirely processed in a single town uh, in Ireland. Uh, what? In, in West, Westport, Ireland, I think it is. I'm How did they land now. that job? Well, this is the where the factory is, and it's like it's the Botox town, and and the pharmaceutical company that manufactures it set it up there, and it is like something out of a spy movie. This little amount of the annual dose of of Botox flies for processing over to this factory, uh, you know, and they do it under the cover of night. Like nobody can know where the flight takes off from. It's probably, you know, handcuffed to a guy holding a briefcase. It lands. No one can know what this is. And it's not because someone's going to steal it and manufacture it themselves. It's they, dangerous. It is. It, it could take out and it, it would be, uh, you know, biohazard times a bajillion. It could take out the water supply of a massive city. It could do some serious damage. So there's safety concerns around it. And, um, but, uh, but, diluted and processed it's an incredibly safe uh drug and and this entire town in, in ireland runs on botox so the actual story is quite interesting i forget like huh. many things i didn't it was, know any of that i didn't know it was such a min, min, minute mm. amount that gave the entire world supply of botox yeah, I, I just can't I, even get over that I forget what it was. Someone's going to tweet this to me. I, I used to have notes on this on my phone. I was just looking and I couldn't find them. I think I deleted it because I keep way too many ADHD level notes about every topic <laughs> under the sun in my phone. But there was a, it was a, uh, I believe it was a husband and wife doctor that developed it. And they, like most medical breakthroughs, were just, were looking to treat something else. But it does lots of amazing stuff. It treats hyperhidrosis. Like yeah, you know, my friend of mine sweating. had it done and, and it changed his life. It changed the, his life. And he was was always ashamed and embarrassed and no matter what he did he had sweat stains down to his hips and he he doesn't have it anymore it's it's so nice to see him happy and confident it's 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 it really is bananas 
It's the, the the executive Botox is not just for your face. It's frequently because these you know, migraine and, headaches, migraine headaches. But these men and women who have to do um, presentations in business settings and would sweat profusely during the presentations, oh, and then God. they would get this done to prevent it. So there's lots of cool stuff about it, and it's just all within reason, right? You just want to not cross the line and start to look like you know um, someone who's gone a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think we've all seen the Hollywood act. Nicole Kidman comes to mind because a lot of people often talk about, you know, the upper half of her face, it, it hardly moves at all. And it's hard to be expressive. And, and trust me, I'm very mindful of that being a singer and having, you know, constantly your your head taken pictures of. Um, I, I want to like I can lift my I'm lifting my brows right now a little bit, like I can move them. But there's some women that don't like that at all. They don't want any motion, they don't want any lines. And they start doing it around uh, the, the, the sides of their eyes, like crow's mm. feet. Yep. And, you know, some of them do it around the corners of their mouths because they don't want to have to, they don't want those lines associated with like smiling or frowning. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, but everyone has their, that tipping point. Yeah. The thing, like the expensive creams, I wish everybody would stop wasting their money on um, because yeah. the, a lot of the at home level skincare only creme works to- Mare, calling that you creme de la mer. Please don't sponsor us because it is a huge waste of money. And it's, it's the type of thing of that money. people just want on their shelfie more than they want to actually benefit their skin. You don't need to spend that much money on something. There are some serums and stuff that like, sure, vitamin C is good for your skin. Retinol is proven. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune. And you are way better off to spend that money on a great facial than you are to spend it on an expensive fancy cream. And if you're not drinking enough water too, if, you know, a lot of times I know when my, when I feel just like, oh, my face feels just like it's, and I'm like, Jan, you're thirsty. You yeah. haven't had any water mm -hmm. really properly for the last four days. And so and I see you with your, either your tea or your water right now. Like I drink a lot of decaffeinated tea, but mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm, it's such a blessing to get older. And I hope women do embrace just having a great face. Hollywood's always talking about the difficulty in casting, you know, famous women that are in their sixties, even their fifties, because they don't look the part. Mm -hmm. They don't look old enough. And these girls are trying to play, you know, the wife and the girlfriend. And they're mm -hmm. far beyond that. They're now the grandmother and the matriarch of the family. But most of them don't have any lines in their face. So it's got a kind of a hard sell. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, I, and I like, this is again, personal preference, but I also like an interesting face. And I don't think that, um, you know, se severe facial surgery is doing much for an interesting face in the world because it's homogenizing people where they, everyone has the same kind of look. And that I don't love because sometimes I'll see footage from older movies and I just think there were so many more interesting faces that were all hey, so watch, beautiful. Watch British television. Like okay. anything on, on, on Acorn Brit TV or BritBox, <laughs> you see people that are so fascinating and beautiful and unique and... You know, I mean, I can name 10 women off the top of my head that I'm just so inspired by because they're in mm -hmm. their 50s and 60s. They, their necks look like mine. Their jawlines look like mine. Their foreheads look like mine. Like I can, it's so relatable. And they sell these characters. I don't know. I just love watching British television because yeah. of how people look. Mm -hmm. It's different. It's not the same and, sort and of then like you switch to you, uh, Well, as soon as you switch to like American, you know, programming, you're like, oh my God, everybody just looks so perfect and the airbrushed makeup and it's too much. It's just over the top. 
Yeah, the anyway, sameness of it. Yeah, the sameness of it. Uh, um, but do what you, I mean, make sure you tell your friends if they're starting to look odd. That's what I will say. Talk to your friends about it. I hope somebody would tell me, like, Jan, you're allowed to tell me because you'll tell me in the right way, but I don't want someone to tell me in the wrong way. No, you, you just be like, you, yeah, you have to figure it out. Be, you always have to kind of be nice Be kind, it. yeah. Anyway, in, in, as the last uh, seconds tick off here, I want you to know that if you're planning on going to Mars, you're going to mm. have to be vegan. I heard because this Because you cannot, they're not, there's not, no one's going to be slaughtering pigs up there and cows you're going to have to be vegan. So think about that. That is the mm -hmm. future. So when you think about the future of humanity and how we make our way out into space and out into the universe, 100, 200, 1,000 years from now, we're going to be looking at plant-based people. And that is very encouraging. So that's all I got to say. Think about that. I like it. Mar I like Mars travelers. No cheese on Mars. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no cheese on Mars. But by then, man, they're going to have great plant cheeses. Mm-hmm. And just as a side note, Purdy's is making vegan chocolate. I'm, Purdy's does not sponsor us. Feel free to if you want to. They have some a vegan line of chocolate. They've just started rolling it out. It is so fantastic. You're listening to the Jen Arden Podcast with Caitlin and Adam. We love you. Subscribe. Leave us a leave us a message on at Jan Arden Pod Twitter, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time. Toodle do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.